This is Disrupting Recruitment, a podcast focused on moving recruitment from a reactive to a proactive state. We talk to experts as well as recruitment marketers living it day to day to learn how to improve inbound as well as outbound and other recruitment marketing strategies. And it all starts now. So here we are today with James Whitelock from uh, Think in Circles. James also has his own podcast, The Marketing Rules, which we'll talk about a little bit. But uh, welcome, James. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, I've, I've I know you're just getting going on your podcasting kind of journey, and uh, I'd listened to a few, and I'd seen some of the adverts on on LinkedIn, so I reached out, and uh, and here I am. Yeah, I, I kind of like what you guys are doing over there. Oh, I appreciate that. We're just trying to. Our goal really is to just try to educate the market about different ways to do recruitment. And really my, one of my main missions in life is to try to get recruitment from a reactive state that it is in now to a proactive state. And I think a big part of that comes from understanding the journey that candidates are taking. I don't think overall we have a really good understanding of what that journey is. So that's my mission in life. But why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your company, and then and then we'll talk about your podcast in a second. Oh, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. I started Thinking Circles around ten years ago. I say around ten. It's almost exactly ten years ago. We're we're going through our tenth anniversary, and I've got a background in recruitment marketing. So I've worked for businesses like Randstad. They worked over in their head office in, in Amsterdam for a few years and other businesses in and around kind of Europe. So yeah, I cut my teeth moving up through those kinds of businesses and then set out on my own 10 years ago to start Thinking Circles with the idea that recruit marketing wasn't really something that a lot of people were doing or didn't take pay much attention to. It was all basically advertising based at the minute at that time and that you could take marketing strategies and marketing tactics and marketing philosophies and really drive them through into the recruitment process from understanding the different audiences from candidates to clients to your own staff, bringing out and building tactics and over the years, great content and engaging content. And so that was 10 years ago. And for the first of, first few years, it was just me. Uh, and then I started to build out a team. And as of today, there's, uh, there's seven of us in the team. We're always looking for new people and uh, new territories. So anybody listening who wants to, who's, who's in kind of in just starting their journey in recruitment marketing, I'd be happy to have a chat with you because we're always looking to bring new people on board. Yeah, so that's uh, that's really a little bit around me and, and the business. Yeah, no, that's it's important to always have that finger on the market and, and understanding what's going on and, and keeping your eyes out for potential talent. That's <laughs> what we're here talking about. So let, tell me a little bit about your podcast. I know I'm excited to be a, a guest on your podcast, a little home and home, which was <laughs> uh, an exciting idea. I was excited when you reached out about that. So tell us about the marketing rules and what are some of the things you're trying to accomplish with that podcast? I know we're just trying to Really, I say I'm trying to educate the market. I'm just trying to learn myself. But it was it was it was kind of it was based out of laziness. Okay, I I I had the idea for the podcast. I'd always listened to podcasts and the history of podcasting going back to maybe the kind of early 2000s when it, it, they really burst onto the scene. And then they took a bit of a dive. Uh, even but even then, I still listened. And I always thought that I wouldn't mind having a go at that. But it was really in the end, it was because. We wanted some content to, you know, deliver to our audiences who are recruitment agencies, recruitment agency owners and HR tech businesses and people in and around that space. But I'm a terrible copywriter and I just cannot write for, for Toffee. So it was either I tried to upskill myself and battle on through, struggle through something I wasn't really enjoying 
or I try go down another route, which was having a chat with people. And I can do that all day long is talk. And so that was where the, the idea for the podcast came from. And really, as I said, what it's about is it's trying to get some really interesting guests onto the podcast that maybe some of our audiences have never been listened to before, who've got some interesting ideas, maybe from different parts of the world as well. We get a lot of people on from the States or from other parts of the world, not just UK based guests, and to share their ideas, share their philosophy, share their thoughts, always with a slight marketing or recruitment slant on the conversation but not necessarily always. It generally is just things that people we think are going to be interested in and can add and help them with their business lives. So that's what we try and do. So really now it's the kind of biggest bit of kind of content we we put out from from our business. We do other bits, but this is the main thing. And it's really, there's an economy of scale with something like a podcast because what we also do probably is we film it. So then we can then we can cut up the kind of the video version so we've got our youtube channel where people can listen you get transcripts so you can then you've got a blog from it and so we make as much use of the of these of these recordings as possible and we've done that over the years and i think now we're coming up to if we haven't just passed our kind of 100th episode and it's great fun it is it's a learning kind of process for me it's an education process and it's great to just talk to some interesting people and we've had philosophers we've had doctors professors professional athletes and sports people on there as well as kind of people within tech and people within recruitment, a uh, real range of people, and all of them really interesting to kind of have a chat to for the kind of half hour, 40 minutes that we, we do on a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm, I'm in the same boat. Like, I am always jealous of people that can write and <laughs> write books, and I tried doing the blog thing for a little bit, and but I can talk. And I've always listened to podcasts too, and thought yeah that would be fun to do someday but i thought man i can never do that i can never get into that but once you get into it once you bite the bullet and you get into it you realize it's not that difficult to do it does take some commitment it does take some work but for somebody who's trying to get their name out there or, or somebody who's trying to increase their presence their employer brand their um anything around their company like great way to to do that is with the podcast like i know if i was hiring developers or like insurance people mm -hmm. or a specific role constantly i would be doing a podcast around that topic yeah and having people from my company on there all the time talking about or i would have if i was hiring marketing people i'd try to convince my cmo to do it kind of. <laughs> yeah it's a great way but, to talk uh, to your audience right it's a great way to talk to yeah. directly to your audience uh, and to have them and to build a community around through that audience but you're right it's one of those things that uh, it takes commitment uh, there's a couple of stats so something like 80 percent of podcasts don't get past their first episode and of, of that percentage that do the another 80 percent don't get past episode 10 so it's a real kind of commitment people think everyone and them and their dog are doing podcasts these days but they and they are but they don't don't stick with it that's the thing it can be a bit of a drain as much as a drain is probably trying to write blogs or you know ebooks and all that kind of stuff it's just as much as a kind of a, a time sink as that because you know like we were talking before we started recording there's there's a whole kind of it's not just me and you talking today there's a couple of hours at the end of this of of pulling this together then all the promotion for it and all those kinds of things so it's not one of those things that kind of people should jump into we get clients come to us and go oh we want to do a podcast okay just the one or you want to do an entire kind of is it an entire oh no we're just going to try one it was like well Good luck, right? Yeah, you know, it's it's not gonna. It's you're just gonna kind of. It's like a little. It's a penny in the ocean, basically. It's gonna make. It's gonna make a tiny ripple, and no one's really gonna listen to it. You've got to really keep at it and and build up that reputation. And I had it. Um, I had it explained to me when I first started. Someone who was a 
who I looked up to as a very big podcaster, a chap called Matt Older, who's got the uh, Recruiting Future podcast. He described it as you have, so you get on a couple of guests and then you then you get a guest maybe that are slightly more kind of popular or famous or influential and you just keep on trading up. But eventually you can just reach out to the people you want to talk to and you can say, I'd, would you like to be on the podcast? We're not there yet, but that's the way it works. But you've got you've to stick with it, right? Yeah, it's, it's, I'm going to run one ad campaign and see if it works. And if it doesn't, the old marketing doesn't work. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it takes, yeah. What's, takes what's more than that? What's the ROI it's, on that? Yeah. That kind of thing. It's, yeah. It's a commitment yeah. for sure, but you're right. There's so much content that comes out of uh, recording a, po a podcast and, but there is a lot of work that goes into it. It's getting the people it's, it's hmm. recording it. It's cutting it, producing it, sharing, per advertising. It, it's a lot of work, but it, it's uh, but it's a lot of fun. What so let's talk about recruitment. That's what we're here to talk about. What's your view on the the market right now? The state of recruitment. A lot of people are talking about their opinions. I'm just curious about yours. What's your view on the state sure. of recruitment right now? Sure, it is. We keep we keep getting told that we're in a in a, a talent short kind of market in a minute. Whereas. I, I come I'm from, not sure I believe that, by the way. I don't. I know. I, I come at it from a slightly different angle. I don't think we're talent short because if you look at the stats and the compared to pre-pandemic levels, employment is around about the same now. Okay, so the talent's already there. What there is is, is an increase in demand, uh, and I feel that increase in demand for certain skill sets and certain talent has always been there, but now it's catching up with us. The pandemic has shifted kind of ways of working in a much more kind of digital you know, for di to, towards digital uh, and that has meant there has been this shift towards certain types of roles certain types of jobs and certain types of skills and talent that's needed and that's the problem not necessarily the people to do it so it's not bodies it's skills that, that, that are the problem so that's what I feel the other thing that we see a lot of is obviously so if, from a from a recruitment agency perspective who are our main clients is there's two faces to this kind of whole to this really and it, it's one is it's finding the candidates and finding the job seekers who you're who you're working on behalf of your clients for and it's finding your own staff and these are the kind of two big areas that we see as the kind of main challenges for the kind of businesses that are working on and even if you're a in-house recruiter still just find trying to find staff generally that is that's the real problem and this picks up on the things like around the necessity for employer branding and good employer branding, transparent employer branding, uh, and understanding that at a granular level, there's some really good kind of people who talk about kind of employer branding online. There's a chap called Nate Gugia who is from from the States, who talks about, yeah, you, you, you might do, you might not know. There's, he, yeah, I know yeah. Uh, Nate was on about a month ago. Yeah, and he talks a lot about team branding and things like that where you get very granular and that's how you stop this, the problems with onboarding and things like that. And, and these are the things that we see as the real kind of issue at the minute from a mark from a recruitment marketing perspective it's obvious that more people uh, are starting to take it recruit marketing more seriously but probably not enough it's still a kind of uh, a bit of a back seat and not enough businesses take it serious enough to start building out a proper you know recruitment marketing strategy which um, again not blowing our own kind of trumpet but it was the kind of thing that we tend to help business with but it is it's interesting it's maybe 10 years ago, you, we, it was all about what, what can we just shove out onto social media. Now it's much more tactical, much more strategic, trying to think about it and how you're going to build out kind of long-term strategies. So those are the things we see in the market as the kind of issues at the minute. 
it's not all bad news though we definitely as i said there is employment is high and there are certain kind of areas of the world that are obviously on the way out of the pandemic and aren't in lockdown and 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 there are areas that are there are real good pockets of talent around the world and people that are kind of doing it around but we live in a quite a disjointed world with everything that's going on and these things that will again catch up with us i think towards the end of the year maybe into the start of next year with regards to the flow and the ebb and flow of how the recruitment space works so i said at the minute it's this we're talking around this need for this demand for for skills you know at some point that will flip the other way and it will be everyone wants we need more clients so we need to be able to attract more clients at some point so it will flip so it's again from the people from your, you know, your listeners point of view it's understanding when that kind of flip is going to happen and that could be two years from now there'll be trends and you'll see this in the market and how that's going to work out yeah i think that's how we see the, the, the state of the market what are the types of clients that you work with so we we predominantly work with recruitment and staffing agencies. So we handle their, their, their marketing strategy for them and the delivery of that marketing strategy. We also tend to work a little bit with HR tech providers as well uh, and HR tech startups. They're some of our kind of favorite clients, very enthusiastic, very engaged, always happy to just do anything that we're willing to, anything crazy that we're willing to suggest to them. So those are some of the fun clients to work with. But yeah, that's it. So we're very niche in the, you know, we made the decision about five years ago that we wish wouldn't, take on everything that came to our door and we knuckled down and started to market better ourselves that we were only recruitment marketing and we haven't really looked back and it's a lesson that we tend to talk to a lot of our clients around about the the being niche is is easily the way to go as someone with from hubspot wants to describe it the riches are in the niches and and yeah. uh, and so yeah so we follow that philosophy and yeah so that's our core audiences and it tends to be those smaller agencies who don't have their own kind of marketing function and once you get to the bigger uh, recruitment agents and staffing agencies that have got teams out there we can do so much with them we can help them support them but we don't work on the same kind of strategic and level with them unless it's a little bit of consultancy but uh, yeah so that's who kind of who we work with yeah, I'm a little particular to HR tech startups. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have an HR tech startup or recruitment tech startup. So what are some of the challenges that your clients are seeing other than what you just talked about in terms of the market? But well, there's, um, a, there's so there's a lot of stuff beyond the, the, the strategic stuff we talked about, the understanding around new tech, new HR tech. But the word the term automation and AI all get flung around quite easily these days and understanding the difference is there a difference what is what's what is actual ai what is that what is just kind of automation and also being able to understand what is necessary for their business from a kind of a recruitment marketing point of view we, we're deep into kind of how recruitment uh, marketing automation but we tend to be quite kind of agnostic so we've got we understand a lot of that but there's now there's so much out there it's understanding what is best for your for your business so this is the kind of questions we get asked a lot by our clients is helping them understand what's the best tech for their businesses for instance there's we're working with a, a business at the minute who loved everything shiny they wanted every bit of new tech that was on the market and they were spending thousands and thousands on bits and new tech all the time and they saw it as a usp that they they had all this tech but actually it's not a usp having tech is it's the way you use the tech is the usp not having the tech is the usp because anybody can have tech these days it's about how you, you deploy it so yeah, understanding those are the things and also businesses just getting their head around what what recruitment marketing is how you know who should they look for if they're going to employ someone internally they're a recruitment marketer a junior one a senior one a manager how what does that kind of person do what does their background need to be those kinds of challenges that they're seeing as well it's great that they're taking that small, even smaller businesses are bringing on the marketeers into the business but it's got to be the right person for that job and 
and there's all kinds of things going on around around cultural fit and things that you could discuss there so those are the kind of some of the other challenges really when it comes to the technical delivery i think of recruitment marketing that we're seeing in a minute it's interesting that you brought up marketing automation and i tend to try to stay away from candidate hub when i i'm on this podcast because i don't want it to feel like it's i'm here to promote our own business but that's what we do. We're a recruitment marketing automation platform, mm. uh, very similar to like Herefish or Candidate ID or some of those. Yeah. Uh, I think Smart Dreamers is another one. But we work with some like staffing, niche staffing agencies is a great fit for us as well. Because if you're hiring specific role, like whether it's marketers or dental hygienists or it's licensed agents or it's nurses or whatever it is, and you're constantly hiring just for that role, from an agency point of view, you're doing a little bit of mass hiring in a finite pool. Mm -hmm. And so if you can use automation to, to nurture those people, that's a huge, a huge advantage. And one of the things for us with our clients is we use our platform really not just to automate tasks, because that's a big part of it. That's what automation is for. Mm -hmm but to understand the journey that candidates are taking, because I don't feel we have a really good understanding of that historically. We capture, other than Google Analytics or doing some Facebook retargeting, we capture data from once they hit apply, then we start to analyze data on candidates. But there's a whole journey that happens before that. Like one of the things that I say a lot is Typically people don't buy a car because a stranger cold called them and said, we have a sale on, come buy a car. But that's how we often try to attract candidates, right? We cold call them and say, hey, we've got this perfect opportunity for you. How do you know it's a perfect opportunity for me? But that data that's missing in that journey is really important. I was talking to somebody the other day and they were talking about one of the football teams in the UK. I don't think it's Man U, it might be Man U, that has 60,000 data points on every one of their athletes that they're bringing up through. Like, we don't have anywhere near that in, <laughs> in recruitment. And so we're still doing the same thing that we did 100 years ago, which is what's the resume and will they be a cultural fit? How do I know if they're a cultural fit, mm -hmm. right? That's for them to decide, not me, in my opinion, that's for them to decide. And I think the best way to do that is put your culture on display and let them decide if, if they like it or not. But what's your view on automation and how that sort of, and when I say automation, like I'm historically the automation that we've seen in recruitment has been very much focused on email sequencing or automating booking interviews, mm -hmm. or if I reject a candidate, it's going to automatically send an email and we end up with clients and, and uses tools like marketing automation tools. What's your view on how that fits in the future of this technology in recruitment? And I agree with you, by the way, that you can't just buy the shiny new <laughs> tech, although we are shiny new tech. You can't just buy the shiny new tech because otherwise it'll be a dusty box on the shelf and nobody wants that. Yeah, you have exactly. to have a strategy for it. Exactly. But what's your view on how marketing automation is fitting into the, to the strategies these days? It's definitely, for the businesses that have made the commitment to having a marketing strategy in the first place, automation then is a, is a conversation that will be had around what can be automated. And though 
yeah, I, I wouldn't belittle or knock the guys who are doing the kind of email sequencing because it's a place to start. The world of, auto, of, of automation generally it's a big wide world and you can get lost in it literally everything in i think something like 90 percent of the average recruitment process could be automated now okay it is what you want to automate and and if you should automate those are the kind of questions and there's a balancing act between people your audiences aren't stupid they're gonna know if something's automated and at that point you have to decide you know is that acceptable and in most cases probably yes so then because they understand that it's automated but there is a and again transparent where you say you're gonna talk to a person at some point through this kind of initial kind of this phase it has to be because there's a sheer volume but you will get to talk to someone at some point uh, so it's understanding which bits of the process you want to automate and then picking based on that. Okay, so yes, e- emails and sequencing and things like that can be automated and messaging generally, let's call that, because I know there are t- there are tools out there that can handle some of that stuff, kind of stuff. When it comes to scheduling, obviously that's another kind of, you tick that box. There is there's some interesting kind of tools out there around robotic process automation where you can multiple kind of disparate bits of technology to move from one to the other basically so slightly more kind of complex tasks that you can get these kind of digital workers is they're called now to do that kind of stuff and it's well right do we want to go down that route where in in potentially removing the bottom 25 percent of someone's job basically that they don't want to do do you want to go down do that route and then leave the marketeer to do the kind of cool marketing stuff basically that's probably the route we're going to go down I can't see a recruiter's actual job being removed. The same I can't see a recruiter's job being actually removed from the process. I think it will adapt, it will change, and it will leave them to do the bits that are probably they, the human should be doing and leave all the other kind of bits that a human doesn't need to be doing because the AI doesn't have the soft skills, etc. those kinds of things, or the kind of more sophisticated understanding and, and those kind of things. So I think that's the road we're going down. And on our podcast, we talk about this a lot with kind of people in, in this space. And uh, I think the next five years... We'll just just take on more of this stuff, and there'll be a, become a delineation. It's a bit blurred, right? I think there'll be become a delineation. That is exactly what we're going to get the bit of automation to do. It's going to do that bit of process, and that almost become start to become kind of industry standard that no one does that bit because it's just a, you get a bot to do that. If you're starting up your own business, yeah, it's just it makes sense right now. The bot does that. So that's I think where we're where we're heading. I fully agree that email sequencing tools are important, and CRMs and ATSs need to have them. I really like tools like Hire Easy. If you're doing a lot of outbound, you can e- sequence your emails. So if they don't answer the first one, the second one, third one. But when I think of marketing automation, I think of if I could hold somebody's hand at every step of the journey. Oh, they just, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. Like they were talking about how this advertising company, this programmatic advertising company was telling them that you have most of your visitors are on mobile, but your applications are all coming through on desktop. Well, no shit, because who fills out an application on their mobile? Very rare, unless it's a very simple form. Give me your name and email address. I'm going to do it on my desktop. But how many of those mobile viewers, They what they said was how many people just forwarded it to themselves and, and said, well, let's go back home and do it later. And what I said was, wouldn't it be cool if, Somebody came to your job site and looked at it on their mobile phone and then you saw that and then at eight o'clock that night you sent them an email saying, hey, we noticed you saw this job ad today, just wanted to see if you wanted to fill out the application. Mm -hmm. And that's to me, that's where 
automation can really help in understanding that journey and guiding people through that journey. And they, they may not be at that point though, that you want to send them that email because they may have just clicked on the job ad and that's the first thing that they clicked on. And so maybe they just want information about or see what your company is like. So you want to put them down a different path. And so for me, if you're using automation correctly, it's almost like every candidate that comes to your content, it's like having a marketer sit there and watch what they're doing and hold their hand and guide them through the process, but at scale. Yeah, that's a great way of describing it. And uh, that's the goal. But I think so few of us are at, at, at that scale. And I, and I would imagine a lot of clients um, wouldn't even know where to start. You've articulated it beautifully. But I wouldn't imagine a, a recruiter or even a recruit business owner would be able to articulate exactly what they want that to do but i'm gonna i'm gonna steal that 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 kind of that marketeer and hand-holding scenario and uh, start talking to our clients like that go for it george <laughs> i'm a big fan of r&d rob and duplicate yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's crazy and the thing is we don't when you're just implementing something like a marketing automation platform it's hard because i can't automate the journey because i don't know what the journey is yet so a lot of the first part of the process is really just data gathering. So what's the trends that I'm seeing? So let's just track. And even if I don't know who they are, if they're just all anonymous visitors, eventually you'll start to see some patterns that candidates are clicking on this and they're engaging with this and they're doing this. And it's like, if they do these things, then 80% of them end up applying yeah. or and until you know that, it's hard to automate the journey because you don't know what it is. I, I th and I, that's... Yeah, I love that. I think that's a great idea. And I, I think we get obsessed with knowing these or, or gathering these kind of these data points that identify, these identifiers of that. So email addresses, names, that kind of stuff. But actually, we, you have to earn that. You have to earn someone yep. to give you the right to give you that kind of stuff. But you're right that all the stuff before that, we just ignore. We don't... It goes into Google Analytics and oh, we look at so many, this page has so many hits. That's useless, right? Yeah, great. It is That's useless. useless garbage. Yeah, exactly. If we can then quickly, simply understand the trends of right, 80% of people did this and they did this was the flow that happened on the website or this was the flow and then it went boop and stopped. There's a blockage, something's going wrong there. So this journey is broken. Let's fix the journey. That's really powerful. I think when, when a lot of businesses, when they start, um, for instance, when they're building a new website, I reckon this that kind of kind of way of thinking is so at the bottom of the list of things. If it doesn't even come up when they're having those kind of discussions on how you can understand that that almost lost data and how you can how that how powerful that lost data is because everyone gets assessed with and then we do exactly the same thing. It's like oh let's gate content so we can grab someone's email address. Let's uh, force someone to sign up for the newsletter so we can get their email address. Let's have loads of different kind of like pre-application kind of forms so we can get their email address. And if they drop out, then we still got their email address. There's tons of stuff that's happening before that. I would imagine 90% of all actions on your website probably happened before someone's likely to give you their details. And it's just, just sits there in the ether. It's not really doing anything on Google Analytics, which if you don't know how to set it up properly, you are, it's all, again, just, just garbage data. Yeah, Google Analytics is good for understanding the trend of what the mass is doing. But you're right, if you don't know how to set it up, there's a ton of information that you miss. Mm. And understanding 
where like where's that point where you've gained somebody's trust and i think a big part of that and where companies are missing the boat is that they are are they're making the process too much about themselves mm. way too early and it needs to be about the candidate for the first at least half of the journey, if not more. And it's not until you get to that point that you can start to make it about yourself. So if you think of the analogy of buying a car, when somebody starts to think about the fact that they're going to buy a car, they whether their lease is coming up or they're having a lot of problems with their car, the expenses, or they want to upgrade or they want to downgrade or whatever, the first thing that they notice is different cars on the road. See that car, then all of a sudden they see a lot of that car. And then or if you've ever happened, you buy a new car, then all of a sudden every car on the road looks the same as yours. <laughs> and so in the first part of that journey, we really need to be providing candidates with information that'll help them, like their skills, their career path. It really like, shut up. It has nothing to do with you. At this point, it really doesn't. What else, like, what else do you think companies are missing the boat on and could maybe yeah. change their process a little bit, make a quick impact? I think a lot of businesses make huge assumptions about who actually their audience is. Every, There's a rabbit hole. Yeah, exactly. There's <laughs> a lot of recruiters just make assumptions that they know who their candidates are. Okay, and they understand their candidates and their clients, et cetera, et cetera, without ever really having a proper conversation with it. It's actually quite transactional, the conversations they have with, with their candidates specifically. So digging a bit deeper and understanding them and understanding what makes them tick, understanding more about the why the candidates you've placed have been placed and stayed there, having those kind of follow-up conversations, what makes someone stay at somewhere over some, what someone hasn't stayed somewhere, retention, i.e., and how you can then use that as part of your marketing strategy to tempt more people to come here and you know apply for the for the jobs on your website and or work within your business or bring on more, more clients. So I think those assumptions are what can be really detrimental to some business. Now, it's not all businesses, and some people do. And again, it may be different from one recruiter to the other. But one of the things when we're talk, always talking about strategy is that you need to take a digger deep into what makes your audiences tick and assuming that you know them is can be dangerous. So in business and in traditional marketing, we talk about our ideal customer profile. Mm -hmm. And this is what our ideal customer looks like. And oftentimes when you start talking about that, like when you're talking to consultants and stuff, they'll be like, no, you need to go deeper. Are you targeting all hospitals or are you only targeting urban hospitals or rural hospitals or and, and so we get really finite and really focused on who we're trying to attract to our product but in recruitment when we talk about what our ideal customer or ideal candidate profile looks like we often talk about skills and competencies and that is like a huge error in my opinion we need to be talking about well so you're looking for developers for example you're a startup and you're looking for what do you, what are you looking for well, i'm looking for somebody who has react javascript php python whatever no those are important but what you're looking for is somebody who's, that's got a high risk tolerance because they're going to be joining a company that could fail yep. they are um able to get their own mentoring 
through their community because I'm a non-technical founder and I can't support you and our CTO is really busy. Or you're looking for somebody that's looking to go from a, a junior developer to a to a product manager in, in three years that they're not going to get in a large corporation. That has nothing to do with the language that they code in. It has nothing to do with their portfolio. Mm-hmm. It's all about who they are and what makes them tick. And once you understand that, you're going to understand where they hang out and then you can start to target them yeah. because I know who they are. I know what they, I know where they are. I know where to find them. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's, you if I that, was, but you can do that by asking, right? Yeah. So this is the, this is, we, oh, know, absolutely. Just, just ask. There's not wrong. There's not wrong. No difference. And it doesn't have to be surveys. You just don't, you're on the phone to them. So we're just doing a little kind of under, trying to understand, we're trying to understand the people we work with a little bit better. You're a great, you're a great candidate. We're going to, we're definitely going to place you. You know, we want to find more people like you. So what are the things, what is it you talk about on Discord? What is it you're talking about on these kind? you know, is that where you're hanging out? Just ask these kind of questions. And I'm sure that the that slightly human touch will go a long way and also then helps, you know, us marketeers then help you as the recruiter to, to be better and make you look better because we know we know the audience better. Yeah, I was talking to uh, a company that's trying to hire VR programmers in Meta is like gobbling them up mm-hmm. hard right now. They're, they're taking, but Meta isn't the right fit for everybody. So they're like, well, I want to hire people that are at Meta and they don't fit. So they're like, great. Here's what you do. You go on LinkedIn and you look for anybody who has past employer Meta and you call them and you say, hey, listen, I see you just recently left Meta and you got a new job. Congratulations. Super excited for you. I want to target people that are at Meta. Do you mind if we have a quick conversation? Not trying to pitch you a job. Just want to have a quick conversation about what was missing for you, why you left. And then you start to see if there's a trend of what. So people at this company leave because they're missing this. Okay. Can I offer that? Do I want to offer that? And if so, then that's your yeah. There's your messaging. There's your targeting campaign, right? Exactly. It's simple. It's, and people, some people will tell you to piss off. I don't want to have a conversation with you, but generally people will be like, yeah, sure. I'll talk to yeah. you. It's the same as if we're developing a product, right? If you're, when you're developing a product, you need to figure out what the problem is before you start pitching the solution. We'll call and say, Hey, listen, you're a recruitment marketer. I want to talk to you about challenges you're facing and see if what I'm thinking is right. So we need to do that more with with candidates and understanding the whole process. But wow, man, that was a great conversation. I, I, I'm I, looking forward to our next one. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Well, I think we covered a lot today, right? I'm going to have to be really on my game to think up to think up some really great topics that we didn't cover for part two, basically. I don't like to make it easy. No, you do. We, we, it was great. It was a great job. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you today. It's been good fun. Perfect. Thank you very much. And stay tuned for part two on uh, the Marketing Rules podcast uh, in the near future.